Mike Howard, Chief Binkley, Graham Nicholson for you. We talked a lot of Chiefs, sprinkled in some Royals, the World Baseball Classic. But now it's time to go back to the NFL as we are on the cusp. Yes, Selection Sunday is today. Bracket talk until 10.59, 11 o'clock Central, 12 o'clock Eastern. We have the legal tampering period in the National Football League. Let's legal tamper right now with Mike Danger from the fan in Rochester, our sister Odyssey station, or uh, little child station in, in New York, uh, who hosts the show The Sports Bar with Mike Danger and Gene Battaglia. Mike, um, I say that in jest, but I am concerned about the Buffalo Bills here. Oof, you're not Losing alone, buddy. Boyer and Tremaine Edwins probably on defense. Um, the whole Stephon Diggs, I wasn't sure if he was so happy with the way the offense. I didn't like the body language of a lot of the Bills at the end. I thought the Bills were going to be the team. What's going on in Buffalo, man? Is there bad juju? Uh, well, there's a lot of concern, and uh, and certainly this year, given how high the expectations were last year, I think this year it's about pressure. And uh, I think some of that pressure that you're seeing has led to what might be already being called a shakeup. I mean, you're losing Leslie Frazier as your defensive coordinator. Uh, Sean McDermott reportedly is going to be taking on more of the, the play calling on the defensive side of the ball, which may not be a bad thing for the Bills' defense, but you did mention the loss of Poyer, the loss of Edmonds. There are people speculating that Edmonds, when it's all said and done here in free agency, could end up being the highest-paid linebacker in the league with the kind of deal he could get, being that he's young. And Mike, that's one of the picks for captain. Mahomes, wasn't it, Mike? That was one of the picks Mahomes brought. Uh, that was the uh, 2018 draft with, uh, yeah, where they had Allen first in, in that draft. But and they, they used Edmonds that pick from the, the Chiefs, right, with Edmonds? Yeah. Pack, yeah. Okay. That's right. So so Edmonds, uh, everybody's bracing you know, for Edmonds to be gone, um, knowing that the Bills won't be able to afford him, given that they have – uh, they have some ground to make up here in order to get into the cap by Wednesday. And we haven't really heard any, any news of any restructures. I mean, look, they restructured Josh Allen's contract and, uh, and find themselves back under the cap with, with ease, but uh, no real news yet uh, from Buffalo for Brandon and Bean and Sean McDermott in terms of how they're planning on getting underneath that cap here by Wednesday. So uh, long, the short of it is big. Yeah. There, there is some concern in Buffalo that the window may be closing uh, given that that you have a little bit of uh, of a shakeup happening here this offseason. Yeah, windows are so important in the National Football League. But I will say this. Uh, we've talked about this, too, with looking at some of these teams. If Aaron Rodgers ends up in New York, how much does he still love football? That's a question. They do have the offensive defensive work of the year in New York. I think the Jets are want to step up into that category. I think the Jags are going to be there. I think the Bengals are getting better, as we know, going that direction. I don't know what the hell Baltimore's doing. And then you look at the Bills. I think that window is always going to be open because of Josh Allen. And I think when you have that franchise quarterback that, yes, you might lose some ancillary pieces around, but we've seen that in Kansas City. Only four guys remain here before Mahomes. And Buffalo does do the right things. They were the Super Bowl favorite this year going into the season. I do believe Josh Allen, if he was with Andy Reid, and I've said this, I think he's got a ring at this point. But are things always going to be bleak with Josh Allen at quarterback because – if you got that guy, which I think Buffalo does, I don't think it can ever be that bad. Uh, I agree to a point. Now, we saw some bad Josh last year, and, and sometimes his decision-making uh, wasn't necessarily where it needed to be. He was some really uh, ill-advised throws, especially in the red zone. That cost the team some points. Now, it didn't really cost them wins, and, and you're certainly better off with Josh Allen than you are without. But I'm more concerned about the guys that he's throwing to. You mentioned Steph Diggs. 
the idea that he may not be 100% pleased with his lot in life right now in Buffalo and some of the cryptic social media tweets and, and appearances that he's made this year, um, the body language at the end of the year. I mean, look, this, you know, I, I will contend that Steph Diggs is still the best player on the roster and that Steph Diggs makes Josh Allen, Josh Allen. Uh, and then without Steph Diggs, uh, I don't know what Josh Allen looks like. However, um, you can't have Steph Diggs there forever. He's getting up there in age. And, and that's why I think a lot of Bills fans are, are, are hoping that for once, uh, being a McDermott look towards, getting some offensive help for Josh Allen in the draft in April uh, and use that pick at 27 for, uh, for your next wide receiver down the road. Did Brian Dayball make that much of a difference? I mean, we're pretty familiar with him. He was the offensive coordinator in 2012 when the chiefs did not have a lead through nine weeks of the season in his career, obviously took off with the New York jets. There was Josh Allen pre Brian Dayball. Then there was Josh Allen with Brian Dayball, which is a different cat. And now he's gone. Is there too much into that, or did Brian Dable have a lot to do with Allen? I think Brian Dable had a lot to do with Allen, and I don't even think you have to look at his time in Buffalo to, to see that. I think you look at his one year in New York, and you see what he did with Daniel Jones, and you have to think to yourself, well, maybe this guy does have a really good sense of how to put quarterbacks in the best position possible to win and, and to look good, and the proof is in what you saw with Daniel Jones last year. Daniel Jones didn't look uh, I mean, I, I, you, you could argue that he still doesn't look like a $160 million quarterback, but uh, he was competent enough to get them into the postseason, and he was able to turn it around. So I, I think that there is something to that. And Ken Dorsey going into his second year in Buffalo as offensive coordinator, and again, you know, with the theme of this season going to, is going to be pressure, uh, he's got a lot of pressure on him to take you know, the next step up as a play caller and to really find ways, different ways to get some of these guys involved in the offense. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, Bink, when you think about the Bills at the trade deadline trading for Naeem Hines because we know how badly they wanted a, a pass catching back out of the backfield. And they they rarely used him in that role after they acquired him. And now you're talking about Naeem Hines being possibly a, cut, a cap casualty. Uh, there, there might be a little bit of miscommunication happening between what the Bills offense actually wants to do and what they actually have the personnel to do. Yeah, I'm just curious because, you know, the AFC West is the AFC West. And Andy Reid has dominated uh, this division since 2015. I look you know, a bigger picture. And I think that's where Chiefs fans have to look. What's Buffalo doing? What are the Bengals doing? What are the Jets doing? And I'll say this. Buffalo's paid their quarterback. The Chiefs have paid their quarterback. And I think those are huge things because you keep hearing, can Philadelphia be a dynasty and the Bengals and all this? And Justin Herbert with the Chargers. Here's the one thing. They haven't paid their quarterbacks yet. Pay your quarterbacks and then build a team around them. Mahomes took up 17% of the cap. That's the most ever by a winning quarterback in a Super Bowl. You know how they had to do it? Third most snaps by rookies. That's how they had, to do it. Yeah. They had four rookies playing this. They had two seventh rounders being important for the Chiefs. These are the things you have to do. And I think Josh Allen's on a short list of quarterbacks in the NFL that I consider, you know, elite quarterbacks that can guide. But you look at what they have to do is, okay, the Jets, if they get Aaron Rodgers, that's a difference. And New England's been okay, not great with what they're doing. We know they can step up and win games from time to time. But are the Jets with Rodgers, now that they have the, the offense and defensive rookie of the year on their team, are we going to start looking at the Jets now, like the new money teams, like the Jags that are in there, or the Bengals, the Bills? I mean, are the Bills still right in there with those guys? 
I think the Bills are right in there with those guys, but I think you will. It won't be uncommon to hear people, if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, to hear people say that the Jets are are now the favorite to win the AFC East, just based on how the Bills' season ended last year. I mean, if you look at how it all went down, even that playoff win against Miami, I mean, you shouldn't have even been a close game. You're playing against a third-string quarterback in that game, and if Tua starts that game, you're losing that game. A Kansas City guy, too, by the way. Right, and if not for two Naeem Hines special teams touchdowns in Week 18, you're losing to the Patriots. Now, with the Bills also – there are a lot of circumstances off the field that could contribute to the what how the season ended, and they might have just been beat, man. The DeMar Hamlin story, I think, took a lot out of that team, and that having gone through that and having been on the field for that and watching the recovery and everything that was involved in DeMar Hamlin's uh, event at, at in Cincinnati, I think really kind of wore on this team. And that was after you had already talked about them having to reschedule games and move games, play a home game in Detroit because of blizzards, you know, not one, but two snowstorms. I mean, these guys are getting back and forth to practice on snowmobiles, kind of, uh, uh, you know, off the field, a more um, taxing season than I think most teams had to deal with. Uh, and, and you can make the argument that this might've been the most mentally challenging seasons off the field for any team ever. You and Gene get the pulse of, uh, of course, a lot of hockey talk right now and stuff. But you get the pulse of Bills fans. That it's a, I, I don't know what the, what this situation around Rochester and Buffalo is, but in Kansas City, it's been a heavy football town for the last thirty years. Yeah, baseball took over there for a couple of years, but at its core, it's a football town. How are the Bills fans doing right now? How are they thinking? They I mean they looking at some of these other teams and getting a little bit mad. Lots of trepidation, man. Uh, I, I think the way the season ended, uh, there were a lot of calls for change. And, you know, the Leslie Frazier, t- the timing of the Leslie Frazier departure for 2023 is curious. Uh, you know, you're, you're talking about a defense that has been a top 10 defense with Frazier and McDermott, you know, working together. Um, and, and the way the season ended with the, the kind of conservative nature that they, they handled uh, that they, they put out there against Cincinnati had a lot of people wondering, like, what are we doing here with this defense with Leslie Frazier? And, and I think a lot of Bills fans got their wish with, with Frazier not being a part of the team, at least for this upcoming season. And my guess is that, you know, we won't see Leslie Frazier on a Bills sideline ever again. Um, but, but I, I would also caution, be careful what you wish for, um, you know, Ken Dorsey, a first year play caller. And then also at, at the end of the season, when Brandon Bean spoke on, on the way the season ended, I mean, it was kind of a reminder to fans like, Hey, we've been making the playoffs. We've been winning the division. I know it didn't end. It ended the way none of us wanted it to end. And it didn't end the way we wanted it to, but th- there's a lot to be positive about. I think a lot of Bills fans still kind of hear that and like, mm, are, are we really believing what you're selling right now? You know, Brandon Bean needs to have a great draft. Uh, you need to find guys that can contribute immediately. Uh, I think the idea that the Bills can just run it back, knowing that they can't run it back because they are going to be missing some some key pieces going into next season. Uh, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, and it remains to be seen what exactly they're going to do to get the Bills back to where they need to be. But if you were to ask me today, think uh, uh, about a, a, a prediction for the 2023 season i think the bills can still win the afc east but i think they're doing it with 10 wins uh and and they're gonna they're gonna take a few more l's in the 2023 season based on their schedule alone here's the funny thing the chiefs have the Bengals, <laughs> they've got the bills they have the eagles at home mm-hmm. i mean that's like taylor made man having yep. those three big dogs at arrowhead do, do people hate the chiefs in buffalo 
I think there's a growing sentiment that there might be just a growing fatigue with the Chiefs. Um, And and I don't think it's anything against the Chiefs other than it's just they're winning again. Patrick Mahomes is MVP again. Like we, we went through this for years with New England and with Brady. And of course there's just a fatigue that comes with a team that's being as good as they are for as long as they are. And, and, you know, I'm guilty of it Bink. like I going into that Super Bowl, I'm like, boy, the way Philadelphia looked going into that game, I'm, I I was really, really hard pressed to to say that Kansas city was going to come out. Shame on me. You know, you have the best quarterback in the league. You have arguably the best coach in the league. And, and with those two things, entrenched in, in in your franchise it's hard to believe that they won't be a contender moving forward so yeah there's hatred animosity you know a, a kind of a, a jealousy of of what you've got working there in kansas city yeah andy reed number two all time in postseason wins i don't think a lot of people realize that fact do you guys hate the Bengals yet uh, I, I think we're getting there. Okay. The only thing was weird with the Bengals was yeah. that for a moment there in, in you know in not so recent history, uh, you know there was a, a synergy between the Bengals and the Bills because the Bengals famously helped the Bills end their playoff drought with that Andy Dalton miraculous oh, play yeah. at the at the end of the season that that beat Baltimore and, and, and vaulted the Bills into the postseason with Sean McDermott as their head coach. Um, yeah, I think that that goodwill and then the goodwill, of course, of everything with the organization and, and the community in Cincinnati during the DeMar Hamlin uh, incident in January. I, I think that that there isn't quite a hatred there yet, but more of a, oh, my God, you know, just a realization that, that the Bengals are right now a better team and a better organization than the Buffalo Bills. Talking to Mike Danger from, uh, well, we always talk to him. He's in uh, Rochester, New York, covering the Buffalo Bills with our sister station out there and we've had a lot of fun the last couple of years because the Chiefs and Bills always play and they're going to play again at Arrowhead and I'm sure we'll we'll talk to each other then. Final question for you. It's a little bit on a lighter note. Have you ever been to Casey's Black Rock Restaurant in Buffalo, the Chiefs Bar? I haven't made it there yet, Bing. Oh, no, I haven't. You've got to because this guy, okay, he's got his logo now as the Arrowhead and it's an actual Buffalo Bills bar in or Chiefs Bar in Buffalo, which is funny because I've told you about the Bills Bar here in Kansas City. I go there all the time. I think it's a great spot. Um, great food. You get the Buffalo Wings and everything. I think best in the city, to be honest with you. But they couldn't even open, I don't think, when the when the Bills played the Chiefs because, because of all the animosity. So I'm just <laughs> curious how that's going. If I ever make it out there to see you guys, I am going to make the uh, over-hour trek to Buffalo to go to Casey's Black Rock. But the owner of this bar, you know the funny thing is, I'm sure you saw it with Mahomes handing out the uh, Super Bowl trophy and everybody yeah. That trophy was actually a replica. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. It actually had Casey's Black Rock logo on it. And everybody <laughs> was losing their minds saying Mahomes uh, gave away the Super Bowl trophy. He wasn't. He was giving the replica trophy back to the owner of the bar in Buffalo that came for the parade. But I just thought this was interesting, and you guys need to have, like, remotes set up there. This could be a big sponsor for you guys. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll make the trek to Buffalo for that one, Bank, and, and, and don't threaten us with a good time. If, if you're going to come to our area, we'll absolutely go check that place out. We'll take good care of you. You know that. we got to check it out and see what this guy's got all about, man. It's a Chiefs yeah. bar, and they, there's a picture of a Chief uh, that's from Buffalo, Jody Fortson's uh, backup tight ends from there. He's sitting in there holding the replica trophy and uh, – Casey's Black Rock Bar, but I got to go to it. I just curious. I'm just curious why you and Gene haven't gone there. 
Well, you know what? I mean, Buffalo uh, isn't for for me personally with with a couple of uh, kids and and you know busy lives. I, we get to Buffalo when we get to Buffalo. It, it's uh, for me, it's a, a once every couple of months trip to yeah. Buffalo, maybe for a Sabres game, um, or maybe you know if we're going to Niagara Falls or on our way to Toronto. Uh, for a little bit of a drive, a day trip, but um, God, I love yeah, it, it, it's it's a destination. I've got a I've got a mark down, and and we'll certainly check that place out if you uh, if you do make it this way, Bing. No, no, uh, you, no problem. Were you there when John Daly tried to launch that golf ball over the falls? <laughs> I mean, anything John Daly does is legendary. <laughs> All all people want to talk about is how legendary that guy is. Yeah, I do love the falls, and I do love the beer out there. You have uh, definitely – I love the beer scene out there in New York. we got to check that out. Mike, thanks for joining us. I am just just wanted to check in on that as we're on the cusp of legal tampering in the NFL. And you know damn well. I've been trying to tell you there's a lot of college basketball fans around this area with Kansas, Kansas State, Missouri. Listen, there, there's college basketball fans all across the country. The NFL will dominate tomorrow. No question. No question, Bake. And enjoy your Sunday, man. Thanks for having me on. Take care, Mike. Mike Danger right there from uh, the sports bar at ESPN Rochester. These guys are funny, uh, Grant. Um, I got to know them. They, they, they have the bills on their station. They're an Odyssey station out there in western New York. It, it always cracked me up because they the first time I ever got acclimated with them was when uh, the Buffalo Bills traded us the 10 pit pick to get my homes. And they were kind of laughing about it, man. My first thing to him was, thank you, Buffalo. And they kind of poo-pooed it. But they will play that audio again every time because they made a mistake. And like I said earlier with the Orlando Brown thing and the uh, the rival trading us something, if it wasn't for the Buffalo Bills, we wouldn't have Patrick Mahomes, which is hilarious that our, <laughs> that our biggest player in franchise history came because of the Buffalo Bills. And they're trying to beat the Chiefs. They're going to be trying to beat the Chiefs for for a very long time. I, it's just funny, you know, thank you, Buffalo, because if they wouldn't have traded us to get that 10th pick, yes, they got Josh Allen and stuff like that. And they, they try to talk themselves in that Josh Allen is better than Mahomes. Josh Allen's a great quarterback, but he's no Mahomes. And I just think it's funny that uh, they do this. Matter of fact, I cut this audio last time I was on there with these. This is from their station. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. You have your picks, though, but who are you going for? Like oh. when you're sitting there having a few pops. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, that's easy. I mean, I, I, I'm going to be rooting for the Niners, uh, and I'm going to be rooting for the Chiefs. There you go. Same. They finally admitted it. And they got tired of the Bengals. Anyway, back to the Chiefs, and what's at stake for them next? You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Welcome back. Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson with you. The Dust Man back with you next Sunday as we're on the cusp of the Royal season. And, of course, free agency starting tomorrow. What legal tampering starting tomorrow, but for all intents and purposes, it is. These guys, though, Grant, they can't get over the Mahomes thing because they sit there and they watch the Super Bowl. They see him winning again. That could have been their guy. But instead, they traded Chiefs, picked them or 10. But how funny is that? The two of the biggest rivals, Orlando Brown, we need a left tackle. They gave it to us in Mahomes we got because of the Buffalo Bills. I mean, you couldn't script this any better. We didn't get them from the Jags. We didn't get it from the, the uh, Jets. We didn't get it from anything else. You got it, not from the Lions, nobody, you got it from the freaking Buffalo Bills. 
Yeah, but at the time, we didn't know the Bills were going to be a rival, you know? And they don't have the coach. So they could have had Patrick Mahomes, but who knows if Mahomes would have been this absolute top-tier, peak-performance Mahomes with, with Sean McDermott and not Andy Reid. But if you're in Buffalo, aren't you a little pissed off? Yeah, I mean, sure, sure, like sure you are. Five but you straight got... AFC title games. Mahomes has been in three Super Bowls. All, the, all he does is end up in the AFC title game. That could have been their guy. Yeah, but you think they, they probably get Allen next year? Blah, they blah, probably blah. at least pretend that Allen's is good. He's obviously not, but they <laughs> well, they, they have pretended that. They at least pretend. He can't get over it. It's it, it just so funny that our <laughs> our guy came from our biggest rival. Now, now, Bink, did you see this? About forty five minutes ago, about ten forty, Chris Jones tweets, "I'm grateful." Then oh. someone says. He's, he's uh, grateful for life. And then he says, someone replies to him, says, are you announcing an extension soon? You have to retire a chief. And then Chris Jones replies to him and says, quote, I'm a chief for life. I will not play for another franchise. It's about 1045. He tweeted that in response to somebody or? He tweeted that. Yeah, he tweeted that in response to, to someone uh, on his original tweet. And that's great. I mean, he's become. He's a chief for life, he says. That's good. Like that? I mean, like to see that? I, I don't know if it's going to be that way, you know, towards the very end. We play somewhere else. Bodes you know, well for an extension coming soon, though. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I, I've always been in the camp of, it's like what Herman Edwards said, and I liked what he said as far as, you know, you get guys when the arrow's pointing up, which is is, you don't re-sign them if their arrow's pointing sideways. You don't sign them if their arrow's pointing down. The Patriots did that for so many years. But the Chiefs always had somebody to look at. Like the Patriots, like the Steelers, they had somebody to to earmark. Okay, we need to go get this team. We need to get Steve Spagnuolo was brought in here to beat the Patriots because he did. He stopped their undefeated season in the Super Bowl. He knows how to beat Tom Brady. They bring him in. The Chiefs geared everything up to stop them because they were public enemy number one in New England. The Chiefs are public enemy number one right now, and they're in the toughest spot, but they're handling it well. Because they're at the top of the mountain and everybody's trying to climb up there and the Chiefs are stiff-arming them. Because they're in competition with themselves. They can't look at these other teams and say, we have to draft, we have to get free agent stops, X, Y, Z team. You saw the AFC West. You know, Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones, they were going to the Raiders, Cleo Mack, J.C. Jackson to the Chargers. Russell, uh, let's ride. Wilson going to Denver, trying to stop that. They geared up to stop the Chiefs because the Chiefs' mastery of the AFC West, they just can't beat them. Seven straight division titles, they can't do it. It's creating a dynasty. The NFL's not set up for what the Chiefs are doing. Like beforehand it was, but with the salary cap and everybody spending the exact same money, same 256 players you're essentially drafting with comp picks, 254 to 258, whatever it is. 331 guys go to the combine. That is your pool. Yes, there's some guys that don't go to the combine that are still in your pool, but not most of them. Like NFL general managers have something different than baseball. Baseball, the whole world's your template. World players, JUCO, high school, you name it. The NFL basically concentrates on what's at the combine and a few extraneous players, and yet the Chiefs continue to do it. They continue to do it by shrewd trades by Brett Veach. He's checking every damn box from a GM. He's making a trade, doing well in the salary cap, and he's drafting extremely well. Not only that, I'll go back to the Albert Breer article that came out the uh, – Super Bowl week. Did you ever read that? Monday morning quarterback? I mean, I've read it multiple times. I don't remember the exact one you're talking about. Oh, this was a good one because they, they talked about Mahomes knowing they were going to have to pay him before he even started one game. Like the wheels were in progress. We got to pay this guy. That's why all these teams like 
the Eagles, the Chargers, the Bengals, what pay your quarterback and then tell me how good you are. But until you do that, and the Bills have paid Josh Allen, Chiefs have paid Mahomes, Chiefs have just been better. But let's not forget about things. Yes, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, very important. Brett Veach is important, is instrumental. When you're putting 21 to 22 guys on the roster from the last three drafts, you are dominating. And that's something the Chiefs have done. Have simply dominated what they're doing. And you have to do it because if you're going to be good, you have to do it. But pay your quarterback and then do your talking. Pay him and then tell me how good you are. And if you can stay viable, which Mike sounded kind of down there. Usually he's pretty damn cocky. But they know they're, they're getting a new stadium in Buffalo and all that. What's he talking about? Going to see the Falls and the Sabres. You know, Niagara Falls and Sabres, great places to go because the Buffalo Bills continue to let them down. 100% let them down. Let's go to Double J in Kansas City. What's up, Double J? Hey, not much. How you doing? Hey, thanks for taking the call. Uh, look, I'm excited for the Chiefs. I'm excited for the draft coming up uh, at the end of April. Uh Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to re-sign Orlando Brown and stuff. I think he's going to be like he's going to get too much money. He's gone. He's gone. And, uh, uh, but you know what I would do if I'm the Chiefs? I go out uh, get a player that used to play for us uh, in the name of Eric Fisher to be an offensive lineman for us again. Why not? Bring you know what? I was I was advocating and, this a bit last year when they were kind they, of uncertain with things, but. I don't know, man. And, I don't know if that ship sailed with Eric. He knows yeah. the offense and everything, but just, you know, last year, rough year for Eric, and he, you know, 100% coming back from that injury, what you have, but I was for that. I do believe if they go think, rookie left tackle, they will have somebody with some experience kind of guiding him because the Chiefs have done this, man. Brandon Albert yeah. did this with Eric oh, Fisher. Absolutely. I mean, they, they've just done Tom Ball Lee with D Ford, they've groomed. You know, they check their ego in the door because a lot of guys won't train the guy coming up to take their job. Yes, sir. I totally, Alex I, Smith. totally agree. I mean, it, I'm I'm excited, though. Go Chiefs and go Royals almost opening day. They're going to kick butt this year. I just have a gut feeling, man. It's going to be awesome. Appreciate it. Love the show, man. Take care, my friend. Thank you for giving us a call. I haven't, it's hurting if I mention the tournament, Grant. We haven't had a tournament segment. It's our it's our three middle of our. Th- we haven't even had a segment about it. People are welcome to call nine one three five eight six seven. So you're putting it in the hands of the callers. I'm putting it in the hands of what I think is going to be the biggest story tomorrow. But the biggest story today is the tournament. Not even you can't even find ten minutes for the tournament. Okay, <laughs> tournament talk. When we come back. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Welcome back, Jay Beekley, Grant Nicholson, Dustman, back with you next Sunday. How about Bobby Whitney? You excited about baseball? You excited about Chiefs? Excited about Royals? It's a great town. A lot of things going on here. You get the Big 12 tournament, you got the Sweet 16, you get the NFL draft, and you get the World Cup. You got a new airport. What else you want? Is there anything else you want, Grant? Uh, an NBA franchise. I NHL want, franchise. Yes, me too. But I want less potholes. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to Melvin in Mission. What's up, Melvin? Hey, Ben. Thanks for taking my call. First, I want to say uh, I appreciate your draft information. Last year, I was so well-informed. 
everybody the Chiefs even speculated about, I knew who they were talking about because of you. Thanks, and my Norman. second comment is about Eric Fisher. Now, there's a video that they made. It might have been on the Chiefs franchise or something on YouTube where Eric Fisher is on the sidelines, and there's some, some, some contempt, it seems, for Patrick Mahomes because they were filming Patrick, and Eric Fisher stated uh, there's other players on this team besides Patrick Mahomes. And if you notice, this is my personal opinion, if you notice, Eric Fisher hasn't really been any part of the conversation with the Chiefs ever since he left the team. But like I said, that's my own personal opinion, but I appreciate you taking my phone call. Talk to you later. Hey, take take care, Melvin. Thanks for the kind words. No, he was with the Colts last year at the beginning of the year. On December 5th, uh, 2022, this past year, he signed uh, to the Dolphins, placed on IR with them. There, there, there's just some concern there, and I think that ship has sailed with him. They'll bring in like a Taylor Lewan for a little while, and if you draft, if you draft somebody and you stay at 31 or you move up a little bit and you get somebody like Darnell Wright and you say, well, I don't think he's quite ready yet because I'd be concerned about a rookie starting at left tackle for the Chiefs. I know people want to move Joe Tooney out there. Listen, Joe Tooney's great moving the left tackle in certain situations, but for a whole season, I don't know. And you think I'm a geek here, but it's the arm size. He's perfect for guard. Like, he's perfect fit for where he is. I don't think that you mess uh, with that. Grant, you ready for your tournament coverage? Well, I, apparently no one wants to talk about the tournament. I'm ready for the tournament. I told you. I'm no, excited no about it. person to talk about the tournament. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it's the biggest. It's going to be the biggest sporting event for the next month. Uh, NFL free agency. <laughs> What do you think of the new Big 12 commissioner, Brett Yormark? Because I like this guy a lot. I like him. It seems like he's doing a lot of stuff. Some of the stuff seems kind of like like dressing on top of substance, but it's it's good stuff. He's so much better than Bob Bowlesby, who basically waited <laughs> way too long because he's reactive, not proactive. He watched his conference getting swiped by teams left and right. And the Big 12 has always been like this. They, they could have been the first conference to have a TV network. Didn't want to do it, but instead you have you know, the Longhorns going out there with the ESPN getting the Longhorn Network. That's no good. You know, Alabama doesn't have the Alabama Network, even though they damn well could. They use the SEC te- Network to blanket it. But your mark comes in here as the commissioner and changes things. You know, he's looking at Arizona. He's looking at Arizona State. He's looking at Colorado. He's looking at Utah and how to strengthen this conference. My how they have the shoes on the other foot, right? The Pac-12 was in position to raid the Big 12. Then all of a sudden, they lose all those national championships with USC and UCLA going out the door. USC in football, UCLA in basketball going to the Big 10. They're hurting. Then when they had San Diego State and teams like that, that Colorado State, that's not them. And they don't even have a TV contract yet. They're looking like an all-streaming all type deal, and you got to do both, man. you got to be on regular networks, and you can stream some like ESPN Plus or whatever, but you got to be in the main networks too. But Brett Yormark, he's just a mover and shaker. Did you see what he did? Well, you know, Shaq was was down there because he DJ. All the fluff, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, but that stuff's good. You got to make your product look fun. It, it you got to, you got to compete with makes the it New look Yorks fun. and LAs with the movie stars all coming out and hanging out. He, I don't know if you know this or not, but he took like a, a ton of seats from the media. He he did. He took and a he little, put their ass up. Put them way up high. But you know what? Cry all you want. That's where I used to go sit. Whenever I'd cover the Big 12, I used to go up there. You know why? Because it wasn't a bunch of people. It was great. 
just go up there and watch it by yourself? Uh, well, it's like the NHL press box and stuff. They said it. No, there was another guy. A lot of the 610 guys went up there because we had like the clings and stuff like that down there, you know, uh, on the media row. But most of the media doesn't. They, they just go to put cheese on their face and everything else. They don't cover the games. You know damn well that's right. But he took those seats away from them, and he sold them for 5000 bucks a piece. That is a baller move, man. If you have the ESPN camera scanning their shack sitting there, and all, man, that's the way you do it, man. That is forward thinking. This guy is being a uh, re- he's going out and being proactive, not reactive like Bowlesby, who didn't even know. How can you be a commissioner of a Power Five and not know that your two biggest commodities are leaving, like Texas and Oklahoma did, and not even have a sniff? You know how rumor, how fast rumors go, Grant. Yeah, I mean. Grant, we we all knew about your your uh, if you had any kind of like yeah, you, you, you like the you, vasectomy and stuff you, you got. <laughs> we all knew about that because you, you just can't like you couldn't even come up with a good rumor for me. That's a pretty good one. That I had a vasectomy at your age. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like rumors travel. Yeah, I know How what can you're you? Saying. I mean, you guys the office rumors and everything. Oh, look at Joe in accounting. He's seeing you know Lindsay upstairs. Rumors go. But what? Texas and Oklahoma, freaking Texas and Oklahoma yeah. leave you and you had no idea. And, and the, apparently the only reason that you got any sort of forewarning at all is because Texas A&M finally got mad about it. Because USC and UCLA bolted and no one knew about it at all. So these things happen and it is a, it's a shame on both those commissioners that they, they got pants. Because it does make, I think, college sports work worse a little bit. They were losing some of the regionality. But it... it I definitely like what your mark's doing. Save the conference. It's got it going in the right direction, it looks like, for sure. Yeah, it's like, like I was saying about the Big 12 network they were supposed to have. You know where the guy went the, from the Big 12 that was starting at? He went to the Big 10 to start the Big 10 network. It's a bad look. It is a bad the look. The Pac-12 tried. Larry Scott regionalized the Pac-12 where he had the Arizona, Arizona State Channel, UCLA, USC. He, he took them all within twos. They had like six channels, the Pac-12 network. And then they had like one major one, but like the Big Ten and all this. They they have an ancillary one too if they have games on or something where they like SEC does like SEC Plus where you watch the other SEC. It, it's all part of cable or packages or you whatever you get. I don't know if it's on YouTube and Hulu and all these, but it is like if you get cable packages, watch SEC games and SEC Network, which basically stays dark until there's actually games being played. Put all your ducks in a row, man. Put all your resources in the one. Teams don't need to have their own networks. That's not good for anybody, especially a team like Texas. And I get it, they're Big 12 tournament champion. But they don't give a damn about basketball in Texas. I can't wait till the Longhorns are gone. I don't have to worry about watching any games on that stupid Longhorn network. Just a miserable waste of time. It's hard to find Longhorn network. I I get it here. No one has it. it. I have it. But, man, you go to the state of Texas – I remember going around Dallas one time to a bunch of different bars. They, none of them had Longhorn Network. Like, it is that hard to find even in Texas. Texas is going to be a two seed, and they had to make their arena smaller to get people interested. Yeah, the brand new arena. The brand like, new Moody Center, which is great by all accounts. But they, but like, they cost like $350 million, They had like to make it smaller. It's got a smaller capacity, which I think in some cases is good. But well, That's the way all these, these new uh, stadiums are going. They're going smaller so they can look full. Which I think is good, but a program like Texas to make it smaller is is... Interesting. Doesn't seem to have the same juice as football, for sure. 
Yeah, it doesn't have that cachet with it. But I thought that was interesting. The $5,000 tickets where the media was sitting. See, that's outside the box thinking, right? These guys can go upstairs and still cover the tournament. Yeah, they can. They weren't happy about it. Just see all the angry tweets from media they, members. They were mad, man. They could still get their nachos, or whatever, and take an elevator up. I mean, they had food up there for them, I think. I'm sure they. I'm sure they had all the same media stuff. I think a lot of media actually goes and just eats. Seriously, how much do you think people go just for the meal? I think a lot of times. People you think that's really, what Vern's doing? I mean, he people, goes to all no, the Royals Vern's, games just to, to munch on some hot dogs. No, Vern actually covers <laughs> the team. It's a big difference. He actually covers the team. And he's going to WBC to cover the Royals in it. And he talked to Mike Mark DeRosa, the manager of Team USA, about Bobby Wood Jr. There's some he goes there for a reason. Now does Vernie eat hot dogs and stuff? Sure. He's married now. He got fat. Of course he does. But he's still there covering the team. You can shove your face with as many hot dogs and nachos as you want, as long as you're covering the team. Look at this. You said no one wants to talk about no one wants to talk about the tournament from the nine one three. They want to talk about the tournament. KU lost by 36 points to Texas last week. Lost by 20 this Saturday. That's not true, is it? I don't think they lost by 36. Wasn't it like 16? <laughs> but they did lose by 20 They lost to twice since the fourth. Which was not good. What, what, what was that score, KU? I think it was 16 points, right, where they lost to them? Yesterday? It was a full 20 no, points. No, 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 20 points yesterday, but the week before. On, sure. on March 4th. Uh, but the, this person wants to know if they to, keep the number one seed. I, I mean, think they probably I, I know we're talking apples. They lost 75 to 59. That is not so 36 16, points. 16. It was 16 points. It's it a typo. He fat fingered it. No worries. I think there was someone with vendetta about Kansas. Well, they want to know if they're going to keep a number one seed. I think they will. Oh, they'll keep a one seed. But cause for concern. Yeah. Texas playing its way up. Number Man. two seed. They've got a rude awakening in football, Oklahoma and Texas. If now Oklahoma's done well in the Big 12 as far as football, but the other teams are passing them now. Texas is going to get smacked like in the TCU SEC. and Baylor. And Texas is going to get hammerjacked. They have no idea what's coming in the SEC. They have no idea what they're about to expect. Going to Oxford, Mississippi, and the place going crazy. Even going to Starkville or Mississippi State. Even these not, quote, great teams. Going down to Death Valley and playing in LSU. How about Gorland and Tuscaloosa and playing Ramajama, Alabama? Come on, man. Going to Athens between the hedges and playing Georgia? Pfft. Ain't exactly like playing TCU. No offense against TCU, Grant. Who you guys beat? Big difference, my friend. You're right. You're very right. Big difference. Coming up next, uh, we'll look at once again at what, 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 what you need to be watching tomorrow. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Welcome back, J.B. Eagley, Grant Nicholson. I can't wait to see Trent McDuffie's continued development. That guy's going to be good, man. He's already good. Super Bowl champion. I, I just like a lot of these rookies and their potential. You know, I like Pacheco's potential. want to see him run angry, though, on third and one. So. You know, get that crossover. Because they need a banger on third and ones. Especially, well, they're not going to do quarterback sneaks. Like, the Eagles do that to perfection, where you push. Because you used to not be able to push players, but 2006, you could begin to, like, push your players. It's, a, it's old K-State calling climb play. What the Eagles do, I mean, that's just something anybody can do. Yeah. I mean, he almost had to have Belldozer step in there and just push him. But they need that third and one back, like a litter Fournette, somebody like that come in here on a cheap contract. Why not? 
Just give me that third and one guy, man. Give me that third and one guy that gave me that first down. That's what I want. Well, Grant, as you can clearly tell by our unscientific test here, the text line wanted you, you to never talk free agency. You never gave him a chance. I did, too. I gave him, play, never, gave him three hours a chance. You never gave him a chance. I'm just saying. You, it was, you didn't have a segment. You could have had a segment in the first hour. I get talked, people, Big 12. Get people talking about it. <laughs> Listen, I think there's a lot of people that, you know, they, they care about where their team is going to be, but they're going to have their eye on the Chiefs tomorrow. They're going to be refreshing Adam Schefter. You, you think people at the water cooler tomorrow, that seems I'm talking Chiefs free agency and not, not what they're doing with their bracket? Now that the water cooler's back open at places since the pandemic, yes, I think they will. You think it's Chiefs free agency? You don't think, you don't think Steve and Daryl are talking about what KU is going to do, what the regional they got? Maybe. What did people do for the water cooler during the pandemic? They said to zoom it in. To zoom the water cooler. I mean, the water cooler is only the best place. It's like that old Saturday Live. Remember Saturday Live with the co- guy by the copier? Copiola. Joe coming to get a copier. Some people just like to, you know, hey, what's up? Talk to you about sports or whatever. But the water cooler. The water cooler took a hit, man. We don't talk about that enough. Like I, the office water cooler is the conversation piece. It took a hit. But now it's back, baby. I like our water cooler here. Good water. Yeah, but nobody's there to talk. Yeah. You go out there and talk by yourself. Unless somebody gets off the elevator. Take a phone call out there. Done that before. (laughs) Great stuff. Uh, Legal tampering starts tomorrow, as Grant says. And I agree with him 100%. That's what everybody's going to be talking about tomorrow. Good luck to your cats tonight, man. Selection Sunday. Thanks, Jay. Good luck to them. Thank you. Fun. You're a big cats fan. And I appreciate that. You getting your season tickets again next year? Yeah. I have to actually do that. I need to do that this weekend. Telling you, man. Climbing, man. So good. That guy is so good. So glad he's here. Anyway, Dustman back with you tomorrow. I've enjoyed uh, being here this morning with Grant. Plenty of football talk. That's what you guys want to talk about. That's what we did. (laughs) See you guys later. Have a good weekend. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.